freaking dope. Come on, Meg. Pop, pop, pop. Ay, ay, ay. Ha, ha, ha. Get a bag, ho. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? Mill Speaks here. Mill Speaks. Let's let it transition now. Hold on. Hey. There we go. Okay. Um. Yes, Mills and Virgo here. Um, I've recorded, this is my third show in like two days or three days. Um, but I, I just, I had to, to do a show for this show because a Black Lady Sketch show is fantastic. Uh, for those of you who have not had the opportunity or honor uh, to see this show that was written, created, um, stars in, um, has a totally black cast, all black women. Um, listen, this is this is revolutionary on like the TV front, right? Because we never got this type of opportunity before, um, even on our um, black male shows. Because that's where Robin Thede comes from. So let's just back up, back up, back up, back up. Um, so a black lady sketch show is a new show. Sorry, I'm trying to get the mic right. I'm trying to, hold on. Let's move the pecans over here. Let's get this going. I've got, listen, I've got the show going in the background. And there's so many notes that I made about this show. And then there's so many notes I didn't make because I forgot. Like, I was, I started it over from season, or episode one on the first season here, um, and, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself, let's do this, alright, so, A Black Lady Sketch Show is a new show that debuted in August 2019 on HBO, okay, um, it stars, uh, four black women, um, I want to say that the age range is probably somewhere between 27 and maybe maybe 40. I'm not 100% sure on a couple of them. Like, you can kind of tell on a couple, and then a couple, you're just like, I don't know, dog. You know what I'm saying? The melanin. It's the melanin. You just can never be sure how old a black woman is. That's just real. Okay? Unless she's a child. All right? Um, uh, lady sketch show cast. Perfect. All right, so I pulled it up. Let me put this phone on silent okay so the the four people that are on the cast is robin Thede. she's the creator she's the writer and creator um quinta brunson who is hilarious um gabrielle dennis who is equally hilarious um and ashley nicole black all right so to help to help you guys out who may not know who you watch the show but you don't know the names i'm gonna help you with our superficial ass um descriptions of these women okay robin Thede is the the main main character she's the light-skinned broad who is hilarious um quinta is the short one she's the little one she's my favorite actually she's hilarious on a hundred different levels and i've seen a couple of clips outside of this show right here for, from quinta and she's just she's got that dry wit that that um she's got that that comedy bone that a lot of comedians don't even have so it's really dope um, Gabrielle Dennis, you guys might remember Gabrielle Dennis because she has been on a few things, um, but I think what most people would probably remember her as is, this is Janae from The Game, this is Duran's baby mama, right, 
remember Mel Melanie was so stupid and she she thought that the the, the baby wasn't hers and then she, yeah it was just a lot of things going on with that. But Janelle Janae is her name um, on the show the game and um, she's probably the most established. I won't say the most established actress because I don't know much of of what the other ladies have done quite frankly prior to the show but gabrielle dennis i know for a fact it has done tons of serious roles she's done some um she's done some comedic roles she's done some really good things and you just would never think that she was this funny she's so funny i'm trying to see if i could find something that she was most known for um, she did play um, on the Rosewood show with Morris Chestnut. Um, Morris Chestnut had a show for a, a brief moment in time on Fox called Rosewood. And this was during the time when Empire was popping. I think maybe first, second season Empire. Rosewood was coming on. Um, they even brought Tay Diggs in there toward the end of the show's demise, you know, to kind of bring it up or something. So that was nice to see, you know, Morris and Tay on something together. That was dope. And then this young lady was on the show, too. She also was the daughter. I don't know if you guys remember from watching Luke Cage, but she was the daughter of Alfred Woodard um, in season two. She was the one that actually killed Alfred. Spoiler alert! Um, but she killed Alfie with um, some sort of drug that she put in her lipstick. Um, and it was just, it was crazy. Um, and then it was perceived that she would be the next villain in like season three of Luke Cage, but of course we all know she, um, excuse me, of course we all know that the actual show was canceled. So it says her career started in 1990. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna stay on her for a minute only because she's, she's, she's like the actor, the actor, actor of all of these people. Um, she was also on a couple of episodes of Insecure. Um, apparently, she was on um, an episode or two of SWAT. Um, yeah. Right. She was also Whitney Houston. That's... This is what... This is where we know her from. She was Whitney Houston in the Bobby Brown story. That's who she is. That's who we really, really, truly know her as, right? Like, the most recent thing. Um, so, no. So, shout out to, to Gabrielle Dennis and then... Um, and then Nicole, um, Ashley Nicole Black is the heavyset woman who has, um, a ton of skits and which I love because, you know, obviously this is a cast of black women and, you know, black women are running this. So you would like to think that there wouldn't be any colorism, any, you know, uh, issues with size, any issues with any of that stuff. But it's been fantastic to see a big girl who is on the darker end of the spectrum um, be the star of these skits that are hilarious. So shout out to her. Um, and Issa Rae is the executive producer um, over there. Um, so it's just full of black girl magic out here in these streets. I love it. I'm blessed in Charlemagne's right as a privilege to be black um, because there's so much there's so much in everything we do because there's always this perceived thought that we're going to be held down you know um and it's sometimes it's not even perceived sometimes it's just real you know um but but let's just get into it because i love this show the show has done so much for me um for for a lot of different reasons i'm gonna go through i i purposely have this playing because i need to be able to look over if there's something that i've missed on the note the first thing I do want to say that I didn't put in the note was when I started it, the first sketch of the entire show is called The Fog. 
Um, this sets the tone for how crazy over the top they're going to be. Um, so think of um, M. Night Shyamalan's movie The Fog, right? Um, you've got people who are, um, they look like Amish. They look like they're dressed like they're Amish women. Um, and they're running through the woods and the fog is coming. And one, I think it's uh, Sherry Dennis. That's not her name. Gabrielle Dennis, she goes, she goes to, um, Ashley Nicole Black, the, the heavyset lady, she goes, she goes, oh, the fog's coming, the fog's coming, and then Ashley Nicole Black, in the type of comedy that she really sits in very well, you know, she's like, what's the fog, you know what I mean, <laughs> she's like, give me some more information before I get all, you know, worked up, you know, so it, it was just really funny, and then, um, the, the end or the culmination of the skit itself was the fog was just, um, was just, uh, I want to say her name is, is Yvonne. Yeah, Yvonne Orgy is her name. Um, she plays Issa Rae's best friend on the show Insecure, and it's just her scratching her skin. So the fog was basically them in her skin. Okay, and the fog was the ash, and so then it was like a commercial for like a Palmer's lotion, and it was called the fog. And then the show comes on, and the music that you hear in the back is what they use as their theme song. It's Meg The Stallion. It's called Hot Girl. And as you can see in the beginning, I enjoy the shit out of this song. It's so fun. Uh, Meg The Stallion is fun, and I couldn't ask for a better song choice or a better artist selection for this show specifically because Meg Thee Stallion is doing something different that a lot of um, female rappers uh, just haven't done and that's just be really really um, dope um, authentic and you know down to earth herself um, unapologetic about being herself all of these things all of these things so you know it's just so you know it's just um all the way around the whole deal is, is fantastic the show the music the, the choices that they make the colors the textures everything so all right so i'm just gonna roll with my favorite scenes now i'm gonna just say this there's six episodes of the black lady sketch show um by far the best episode is episode number three okay you're gonna love episode one two four five and six but episode three is where you get all of the good shit episode three is probably when people were like all right yeah it's kind of funny yeah yeah it's real or probably was like oh it's hilarious hilarious we get to second week okay pretty funny okay cool and then number and then week three or episode three is where they like grab your ass and they suck you the fuck in forever okay so favorite sketches these do actually so happen to be on episode three these first three that i'm about to tell you about first one is the 227 reboot all right robin Thede comes in and she's playing uh sandra okay love sandra love jack hay right um she sounds exactly like jack hay slash sandra um it was it was <laughs> listen I, it's like a spitting image, honestly. She, she doesn't look exactly like her, but the dress, the hair, the facial expressions, the voice, you know, the mannerisms, everything, it was all Sandra, all Jack Hay, all day. So, shout out to Robin Thede for that, um, for really dedicating herself to the situation. Um, it, so basically, the, the skit goes, you know, oh, they're in back, they're in tax issues, they have tax issues at 227, if they don't pay this money, they're gonna all have to be evicted, you know, blah, 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 
um, Mary's trying to get the money from Lester. Lester's like, I ain't got that kind of money. He does kind of reveal he's going to leave Mary for Sandra. Um, now, I'm leaving out a lot of funny shit that happened in between, but I'm giving you the gist of the, the sketch itself. Um, because believe me, the, 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 the banter between the ladies is hilarious. And it's not even any of the people that are part of the show. I think Rose is played by Quinta. But the rest of the people of 227 are not of the cast that I just kind of went through and told you about. Um, you've got Robin Thede and then Quinta. Those are the only two from the cast that are actually in this actual sketch. And um, so, you know, rewinding or excuse me, fast forwarding all the way to the end. Um, when, you know, Sandra, and, when Sandra and Lester go in for a kiss, okay, um, a series of dreams occur, and people are waking up from the dreams, so they actually have the real Lester, Mary, and Sandra in this, um, in this sketch, and as they're kissing, then, um, Lester wakes up from his dream, and he goes to talk to Mary in the bed, but it's Sandra, and then Sandra wakes up from her dream, and she's like, oh, God, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, you know? And then it's Mary. And then Mary wakes up. And then she's just like, she's like, damn, I need to stop drinking before I go to sleep. And then that's the end of the sketch. And it's just so funny. And I'm just like, damn, that's just crazy. So I love that. 227 was huge for me when I was growing up. And Sandra, you know, if you think about the, the women that were fast and they didn't care. Okay, you, you had a handful of them, and it wasn't a whole bunch of them. Um, two of my favorites: Regine Hunter, um, Ro- excuse me, um, Blanche Devereaux. Then you had Sandra, right? Sandra, it was, was it Sandra McKay? It was Sandra McKay, right? I can't remember. Um, and um, that's it. That's it that I can think of right now. That it just was fast. Just, you just out here slutting it up. Get it together, okay? Um, <laughs> And I just love Sandra. Sandra's, you know, a sex pot. She was a sex pot. That's that's really what it what it was. That's what it boils down to. That's just that. Um, I think Lila Rashawn took over the sex pot deal. You know, around that time too, in the '90s and such. You know, so it's just um, that's just what it is. That's just what it is. Um, so. Okay, I'm gonna go to the next one. So, so, the, so again, the two two seven one's hilarious. Two two seven one is definitely the last sketch on episode three. So you're not gonna be able to start it and see that immediately. But believe me, the shit that you see before it is gonna be hilarious. Which, uh, for instance, the gang orientation, which is also a Monster.com commercial. Listen, I don't know who came up with this shit here, but it was hilarious. And it's not even just that the idea itself was so funny. It's the execution, my nigga. Like, like, Gabrielle Dennis was straight up in the gang, okay? Like, the way she talked, I mean, they had their little slang and everything. She was hard, but it's like they were so hard, and they're in this gang, but then they talking about orientation, talking about adding extra weeks to, you know, um, to maternity leave and stuff like that. Like, it's, you know, talking about real work shit, but just in a gang setting, which is 100%. You know, it's crazy. It's, it's it's crazy. Those are the um, you don't really think about those two things going together, right? Um, so it was just dope to see. Um, I can't even give you more on that one. It's just it's so funny. The attitudes, the unibrow from Robin Thede's character, the way they have these tattoos on their face. Um, the get the, the the rags. Issa Rae is in this one. Um, 
it just it's just <laughs> it's too funny poor quinta quinta gets fucking fired on her first day i mean and it's the hardest firing i've ever seen in my life my guy like it's so funny so um too too funny the next one that's another one of my favorites that's also on episode three would be the hertep wedding so um we actually meet this woman um and i can't give you her name at all because her name is something really really fucking militant and and crazy um she's one of these her teps that believes that everything is against you it's created by the white man and you know um it's just it's just too funny she's talking about her sister and how you know her sister still um answers to her white slave name and all of this it's it's just too funny and so obviously this speech is at a uh, wedding reception um and it is extremely and wildly inappropriate okay um but she delivers one of the funniest lines and questions um that i've ever heard anyone ask on television okay and the question and i'm gonna set it up for you and i kind of feel like i should i feel like i should play it so that you can hear how hilarious it is but i just that's too much effort right now all right so no but (laughs) she um i'll set it up i'll set it up she's talking about the wedding you know all of this stuff she's being very militant you know very pro-black very crazy um unnecessarily so and then um and then her her mom goes you know um now is that the time Haley? you know it's not the time now is not the time and she hits her on the mic uh hits everybody with the question well how many caucasian seconds must i wait before i tell the truth and my thing is is first of all bitch <laughs> bitch bitch get your life together and it's so funny um everybody groans at that point like oh my God, you know, and it's so it, that's definitely the highlight and the climax of the show and or of the of the sketch. And then um, her dad cuts her off and threatens to cut her out out of the um, you know cuts off her inheritance because they got money. You know what I mean? Um, so it's always those people. It's always those people that don't have a struggle that want to talk hard about the struggle, like the hardest about the struggle. Like, hey, God, come on, you don't even know what you're talking about. But anyway. Anyway, 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 but no, it was so funny, um, there's a guy in there, um, this is low-key comedy that's happening, there's a guy in there who's, I guess, the best man, he's giving a speech, and he's talking about how, you know, this should have been him, because, you know, he saw her first, and then, and then, um, I can't remember this girl's name, she played the sister on Smart Guy, um, she's, she's, um, she's oh she's fantastic i mean she's part of the culture okay um she's always annoying right um but so the sister from smart guy goes you know you didn't have a chance with me (laughs) i said oh my god bitch please so it's like low-key stuff like that is also happening and in the dialogue in between the militant sister being crazy it's just so much good comedy going on so shout out to um shout out to that sketch it's probably that's probably my favorite sketch of the entire shit um next to um the black lady courtroom which is the next one so black lady courtroom so let me just explain to you um people who are listening that are not black um we at black people i'm gonna speak for us i'm gonna speak for the black women specifically um when we get into a space 
and we find other black people there, immediately, because of the diaspora, okay, and I'm just going to take it to the next level for you, there's a, the black diaspora is the idea that even though we are black and we're from, say, America, or from Africa, or from Australia, you know, or we're in India, wherever we are, we all do the same shit, you see, we all feel the same shit, you see what I'm saying, it's a, it's a higher level of understanding and seeing Okay, that's the idea. That's the idea. Um, it is 100% true. Um, I'll take a brief. Um, I'll take a brief moment to tell a story about Black Panther. So Black Panther, Ryan Coogler, he's the director and writer of it. He said that he went to Africa prior to doing Black Panther. He wanted to get some more information. He wanted to do some more research, connect with his people, all of these things. And he said that he went and they do exactly some of the same shit that we do. Um, So, for instance, um, you know, a gathering at a house. So a gathering at a black person's house or a black family's house. When you roll up, you typically find... A bunch of people standing out inside in front of the house or around the house on the side of the house or something like that. And then in in the house, you find in the kitchen area, you find the women of the house, you know. And then in, say, the living room, you find the men in the house. In the back, you find the older folks in the house. In the backyard, you find, you know, maybe the younger women who are doing something or maybe the younger men that are out here doing, you know, all of these things. It's like different areas where different people are. And they were saying, he was saying that in Africa, we're doing... We're doing the same things that they do in Africa, but over here we get arrested for what they are able to do in Africa, which is just, you know, communicate, you know, just, uh, you know, come together as a people. So that he was saying that the amount of black, excuse me, the amount of men that are outside the front of the family house, that signifies how wealthy the family is. So, you know, so here it's called loitering, right? But there, it would be showing how how bountiful or how, how plentiful your family is, you see. So, it's little things like that. Um, the watermelon issue. I don't have this issue anymore because I'm a grown-ass woman and I know that um, eating watermelon and enjoying fried chicken isn't a black thing because everybody likes that shit. But we were, you know, raised and conditioned to believe that if you enjoy the shit outside of your black people, you know, that's a stereotype that you don't want to feed into and da 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 Melon, you know what, fuck that. Okay, I like my fucking watermelon. I love it, alright? And I love fried chicken. Bake it, fry it, broil it. It doesn't matter how, what you do with it. I like chicken. It's cool. Alright? So, um... So, bringing it back to the black lady courtroom, okay? So... <laughs> I'm sorry, I looked at the TV and there's another sketch I didn't even write down. This is the one with the makeup. So I'll come back to that, hopefully, I'll remember. Um, so the Black Lady Courtroom, um, first there's the, um, I, and, and pardon me for the terms, because I, I'm not, I'm not, I can't, I'm not, you know, one for all of the stuff. I think the lady that does the, 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 the typing, I think that's a stenographer. Is that correct? Let's just make sure. Let's just make sure. Oh, bam, I was right. Okay, so the stenographer, um, that's the first person we see, I think, her and the security guard. Uh, so the security guard comes in there and sees the black stenographer, and she's just like, oh, okay, all right, hey, girl, you know, you know, you know, just a little shit like that, right? So then, okay, cool, everything is cool, they talking, everything, cool. So then, um, 
Quinta Brunson's character comes in. She's the defense attorney. And she comes in there and she looks up and it's like, a, oh, oh, hey, black girl magic for real, huh? Yeah, okay. You know, and then they kind of move on. And then the judge comes in here. And the judge, the judge is, is um, Miss Yvette um, Wilson, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's her name. Um, give me a second and I'll tell you in a minute. She was on the community um, and tons of other things. We've seen Yvette on lots of things. Her name, excuse me, her name is Yvette Nicole Brown and she's hilarious. Um, she's a great actress, actually. Um, and she comes in, she's a judge, and she comes in and she's like, well, good morning. After after she realizes everybody in the courtroom is like, well, good morning. Right? <laughs> God is good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, um, and of course, the black ladies um, responded with all the time, right? Um, anywho, um, but no, and then um, the last the last person comes into the courtroom, which is um, Robin Thede, and she's the um, she's the prosecutor, she's the prosecutor, and then her client, her client Issa Rae. And first of all, Robin Thede comes in there and was like, "I'm sorry for being late, my." client was stuck in a revolving door first of all bitch please please okay second um when she looks up and realizes that it's all black people she hits us with what in the baby hair listen i can't even take it there's a whole song and everything um but no the show the show the sketch itself is hilarious she they go on through the proceedings and such and they just keep doing all kinds of black shit and it's great they get along so well you know what i mean like so much so that like uh quince's character the defense attorney uh showed an exhibit a which was a picture with no chairs and then robin Thede goes see i got an updated instagram post with chairs you know what i'm saying blah blah, blah. and then she looked over and she was like you tried it sis and she was like quentin quinn was like yeah yeah i was a fool for that one you know so it was just like that dynamic that you would never ever 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 see in court ever 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 in real life right so it was super dope it's my favorite once they realized that that everything was popping and they were done and the song is the black lady courtroom black lady courtroom hey black lady courtroom hey it's a jam it's about anyway but no um I enjoyed the shit out of that one that I think I I don't have a problem watching that one multiple times because it's just um it's just great it's just great just the little things little little um subtle things that said in there is too funny too like you know you just have to watch it i'm not gonna give you everything i ain't gonna give you everything okay um but it's fantastic um let's see what's next oh last one basic ball the basic ball so um basic ball is um a nice little spin on i want to say pose because you know that's kind of what is the most common ball situation right now um it takes directly from pose in um bob the drag queen who is one of my favorite drag queens from rupaul's drag race and actually favorite drag queen period because i don't really know too many other ones outside of rupaul's drag race right um (laughs) that's just not my life i mean hey man rupaul put it out there for me to consume and then i've consumed it but no bob the drag queen is a comedy queen anyway um he won his season i think he was on season seven or eight 
I'm not 100% sure which one, but it was probably one of the best seasons of Drag Race. I think it's season 8. Um, or maybe 7. I, I don't know. Shit, who knows? Anyway, um, and Bob is playing the Billy Porter uh, character, the the uh, the person that runs the ball. I don't know the name. The MC. Let's go with the MC of the ball. And, um, and the, it's called the Basic Ball. And basically... Uh, it's it's nothing fantastic, you know. Um, you know, basic ball. He's, they're giving out trophies for the ones that are um, going out and doing um, running errands, but they look a hot mess. Um, going out and you haven't left the house in days because you you're depressed. You know the depression thing. Um, they also hit on um, awkwardness. The last the last one is dope. Um, uh, big girl does the awkward ones, you know, and, and the highlight for me with that is where Bob was like, you're so awkward, you know, the, the waiter came and gave you your food and said, enjoy your meal, and you said, you too, and he was just like, he was like, bitch, he's not eating, he's at work, you know what I mean, so it's just one of them awkward situations, people are awkward a lot, they really are, so it's more common than not, but it had to be it had to be displayed on this uh, sketch and it's the best and uh, they also did he also did one where it was for the guys and it was talking about the dad realness and talking about the the two guys that are going to argue about how they get downtown and and all kinds of stuff listen it's just so funny it's so funny so that's one of my these are like the top five ones that i really love to watch and then the honorable mentions um i'm gonna go with I already talked about the fog. I wrote the fog underneath honorable mention. The next one is um, get the belt, bruh. Get the belt. It, first of all, it traumatizes my life, okay? Because growing up, if you grew up with parents who seemed like they wanted to mentally break you, um, <laughs> if you grew up that way, this is, this one probably hit you. This probably trigger you a little bit. Uh, my daddy was uh, was was kind of like this in regards to like oh he'll call you in the room for you to pick up the remote and hand it to him. Now my dad was disabled; he is disabled. So I mean, I always had to look at it like, but you could still get this though. But I would still do it. Obviously, I'm a kid, and I do what you, you know. You do what you told. But um, but yeah, um, it's featuring Marseille Martin from Blackish, the little girl. Um, who's not a little girl anymore. I don't know if you guys are paying attention. This young lady's growing up right before our eyes, but whatevs. Um, <laughs> um, but no, it's featuring her. Um, Quinta and Robin Thede are actually the commentators. They're they're recording this. Um, it's filmed as if this is a um, like a game, like a, an Olympic game. And um, so they're doing the commentating behind all the action, and it is just so funny. And one of the first things she has to do is come get the remote for her mom, and it's literally within like she could she could sit up and get the actual remote. Like it's no, there's no problem here, you know. So um, you know, just little stuff like that. There's a part in the in the film where the parent falls asleep, and then the little girl gets the remote control, which is also very risky. Um, because, you know, who got time for all them extra words, you know, what you doing, he changing my channel, you know, all of these things, and so, um, <laughs> and so, um, when she, she went to change the channel, um, I learned this myself, because my daddy, you know, my daddy was a good parent, uh, he was a good watcher, while my mom was gone, okay, watching me, you know, but, you know, he wouldn't, listen, I'm sure my dad enjoyed his Jay. Okay, and then was chilling and didn't have time for the bullshit, you know, as in, you know, dealing with that kid, you know, 
half the time. So, I got away with a lot of things I probably shouldn't have gotten away with. And watching TV when I sh- wasn't supposed to was one of them. I mean, that's just that on that. Um, I used to, um, on the show itself, um, she's changing the channel and they were saying this is a you know, prime reason why, you know, parents wake up, you know, changing the channel or, um, or something else. Oh, opening the refrigerator. That'll, that'll wake a sleeping parent up in a heartbeat. And, um, and so what Mar- Marseille did was she turned the, the volume down and then changed the channel. And they were like, wow, I've never seen anything like this before. This is revolutionary. And I'm thinking, what are y'all talking about? Cause I definitely did that. I definitely did that. You got to turn it down turn it down so that they can at least hear the TV's on, but they can't hear exactly what's on, so that when you change the channel, they still know the TV's on, but they, you see what I'm saying, but nothing's changed, see, so yeah, so yeah, um, no, I definitely did that, um, I'm not trying to, you know, not trying to make it sound great or anything, but that's just not new, okay, um, (laughs) but no, it's a really good one, um, if you had an abusive childhood, you'll probably get triggered on this one, but it's still funny, um, it ends with one of the grown people, um, gonna catch an ass whooping too, because she came in the house with the shoes on, you know what I'm saying, um, so, I mean, again, it just, it just brings you right back to the fact that you're a grown ass woman, but you're still very concerned, am I too old to get an ass whooping right now, okay, (laughs) because, I'm sorry, I brought the outside into your house, anyway, um, but yeah, um, the next one is the Bad Bitches Support Group. So, the Bad Bitches Support Group is, is the first sketch where, like, it's on the first episode, and it's, like, the last sketch, and it's the first one where we had, like, a big-time, um, huge celebrity cameo, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that was in Miss Angela Bassett. She's fantastic in it. Laverne Cox is also in the episode, and then, um, on that sketch, and then so is Amara La Negra. Okay. Amara Lenegra is from Love and Hip Hop, ooh, Miami, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and she is. I like Amara. I like Amara. I think she's. Number one, she's beautiful. Um, number two, um, she's clearly talented because she can act. She's been in a few things where she's acted. And um, she's a singer um, and an overall performer. She's beautiful dark afro-latino woman who's out here just trying to make it so shout out to amara um laverne cox is trans she's trans right trans woman from orange is the new black she's got a twin brother if i'm not mistaken in orange is the new black the twin brother was her before um before she transitioned to a woman right so um shout out to laverne cox um for being in it um and like i said angela bassett for sure Angela Bassett is the baddest bitch that there is. I mean, that's just that. And it's almost, it seems blasphemous slash disrespectful to even say that about Miss Angela Bassett because she's so damn fly. It has been for so long, like all of my life almost. But, you know, it just is what it is. And it's a nice twist. There's a nice little twist to the episode or the sketch, so I'm not even going to really talk about it. But, um... You'll enjoy that. Um, Gabrielle Dennis's character has has come to the, the support group, the bad bitch support group, to, to to let them know that sometimes you know I'm always want I don't always want to be a bad bitch all the time, right? It's so funny. And I I talked to um, I think I talked to my boss, and she said she tried to watch 
the episode and she said it was too silly for her and I told her I said no 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 push 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 forward I said because we as black women are not a monolith right so we are hilarious we are mad we are you know goofy all of these things I said and they're giving you the full ass spectrum of black women like you know and this is I don't think a lot of people realize this you know we just a lot of people think that black women are just mad and they actually have a sketch like that like black women aren't just always mad you know uh, because we, we really aren't most of the time. We really aren't. I mean, most of the time, we just chilling. want to have a nice little joke. You know, we just want to be normal, too. You see what I mean? You know, without being judged. You know, that's really what it is. Um, so, it's good. I, it's really good. I want you guys to make sure you check this one out. This is on, It's on episode one. You can't miss it. Um, Angela Bassett was my favorite. And it's, it's just so... She's so classy and elegant. Like even when she says things like, like so the line on the sketch, or like the line on the on the script, most likely was, you know, blah 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 blah. Angela Bassett, you say bitches, comma da 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 da. But the way she did it, like it was so endearing. It was so endearing. So imagine a bunch of chicks clamoring, and then to get their attention, bitches. Okay, right? It was just one of the things, and I'm just like, this bitch. She called me a bitch any day, you know? Uh, but nah. So, it, it, I can't even stress to you how funny the situation is and how dope um, it felt to be able to watch this work and truly, you know, and, and truly see myself in it. So, that's what's up. I'm trying to think. Oh, and I also wrote down here. I also wrote down here all of the ones with Robin Thede as Chris. So there is, um, there's two sketches where Robin Thede is a man. She plays a man. He's got, she's got the, the, the beard going. She's got the cornrows back. She's got the terrible, um, slang going on, the way he talks and everything. The first sketch is him at a wedding, Mary and Quinta, and he just can't say I do. And, he, you know, and it really speaks to, you know, some some of our black men's issues with communicating and being able to make a decision and stick with it or being able to make a commitment and stick with it, right? He can't say, I do. That's all you have to do to get married so you can go. And the only way he was able to say, I do, was when Miss Loretta Devine, who also uh, cameoed in that motherfucker, uh, Loretta Devine goes, did you want to hit that tonight? And he was like, I do. And then that's when they got married. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, man, come on. So, um... That was one, and then another one was they were on the plane to go to the um, the, the honeymoon. Yeah, they was on the plane to go to the honeymoon, and um, she was like um, Yvonne Orgy, okay, same chick from the Fog sketch, right? Same, same plane and everything, I believe. Um, she comes over and she's like, they're sitting in the emergency. Y'all know when you're sitting on the plane in the emergency aisle. They come over and they say, you're sitting in the emergency aisle. If in the case of an event, you know, in the event of, of you know, um, an emergency, will you be willing to help people get out, you know? It's a simple yes or no question. Of course, Chris can't give a yes or a no. Okay? He can't do it. He cannot do it. And it was so funny. And, um, and then once they finally tried to get an answer out of him, they moved over to Quinta. And she just is ridiculous. Like, she's just as ridiculous as he is. She just can answer questions better. But listen, <laughs> listen, she's funny as fuck. And so they end up moving Chris to, to the back of the, the plane. And they put another dude 
in the seat next to Quinta, who is extremely attractive. He's big, tall, dark, sexy, muscular, all of these things. And Chris obviously can't take this. He's in the back of the plane hollering up and stuff, and it's just so funny. So, um, all of the, uh, both of these are also under honorable mention. And then there is, oh yes, the basic ball is definitely on right now. Um, on the TV, on episode two, I love it. Um, so, but, but then also, um, as another main portion of the show, there's this underlying story of some event that has taken place that basically we find out at the end of episode one, it's the end of the world, and that the four black ladies are literally the only people alive, so they, so they believe until we get to episode six, when somebody rings their doorbell, and that's the way the season goes off, right? But anyway, not to get ahead of myself severely, but they, um, they basically... <laughs> They basically um, are playing games and eating and just enjoying themselves, having conversations about what it means to really be a black woman and all of these types of things. They're doing all of these things or whatever, you know, to, to pass the time. And one of my favorite conversations was about the hair because um, because Big Girl doesn't wrap her hair and all of them went crazy. They were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You don't wrap your hair, you know, and she's just like, man, come on. And Robin Thede was just like, what about your edges? What about your mush? What about your crown, bitch? Right? And it was so funny. It's like, damn. And it just, you know, they even say it in the sketch. It's like, you know, you know, there's no right or wrong way to be black. Da, 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 da. But it does seem weird because, I mean, every black woman that I know wraps her hair up at night. That's just that. So, you know, it's one of those things. So, um, so yeah, man. So yeah, I, I, it, it hits on so many different things within the um, community, um, within and across the diaspora. Um, it hits on basic stuff like you know uh, being passed over for jobs, you know, because you're not a white boy. They they address that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, it's just it's just a, a cavalcade of comedy and realness. Um, and I just I am eternally grateful for this show and I can't wait to see what they do season two I'm trying to think if there's anything else as I'm looking at this they're still on the basic ball which again is extremely hilarious <laughs> you guys gotta check out Bob the drag queen he's too funny he's listen Bob is 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 very funny he's been acting in lots of things even after drag queen uh excuse me even after drag race um and in acting as his boy self so not as a drag queen doing this stuff you know which is okay if you do because again you're getting paid so do what you do um but yeah but yeah bob's great um so trying to think of the list of cameos that that we really saw on here so many so many i so many. I had to find a list right quick. My bad. Um, okay, so I pulled it up. And so you have um, tons and tons of um, guest stars. So we're going to roll with... Um, so in episode one, you've got Angela Bassett, which I told you about. Nicole Byer. That's the chick who nailed it. Right? Nailed it! 
Um, she's so loud and ridiculous. Um, Laverne Cox, like I said, Phil Lamar. I'm gonna be real with you. I have to look him up. I don't know who he is. Actually, I'm not even gonna click his name right now because it's not important. Um, Yvonne Orgy from Insecure, Kelly Rowland, and Gina Torres. I forgot about them in the um, the CIA skit, which is a fantastic skit. It's called The Invisible Woman, if I'm not mistaken. And what's so great about that is that it's talking about uh, so so um, the big girl. Uh, and I, I apologize for not having her name together um every single time but um big girl is an invisible spy is what it, her name is trinity and the reason why she's the invisible spy is because there's i mean it's not even a joke it's it's facts um black women specifically darker women and if you are heavy you are not even seen it's like you're not there they you will be ignored in a room that's filled with non-black people and even in some rooms with black people you might just be ignored um because of the way that we work you know, people work, you know, people are interested in what's happening from the attractive people, you know, or the people that, um, you know, they're drawn to. And a lot of people aren't drawn to dark skinned big girls. That's just that. And a lot of people really are, you know, and so it's kind of one of those things. And it's so crazy because Robin Thede enters the room and she's just like, hey guys, and mind you, Trinity's in the room. Hey guys, here's the birthday card for Trinity. Sign the card and get it back to me. And she's just like, I'm right here. And then even when she looks in her area, her vicinity, she still doesn't see her until she goes, oh, oh, there you are. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's how invisible I am, bitch. I know. Um, so it's, it's heavy. It's heavy shit. But Kelly Rowland, Gina Torres, were um they were both in that sketch in, in particular. Episode two also has Nicole Byers, like a two-parter from The Invisible Spy. Um, uh, Asia Naomi King is also in it. That's our girl Michaela from How to Get Away with Murder. Um, Loretta Devine, of course. Um, Caldwell um, Titicue. I don't know who Caldwell Titicue is. Um, so I'll probably have to look that person up too. And Lena Waithe is also in this episode, which is, <laughs> it was, she's, she's funny. She's, she doesn't have a huge part, but, you know, it's still funny. Um, Essence Atkins. Okay, so I'm getting to episode three, which is the one that I told you that I fucking love. Um, Essence Atkins. Essence Atkins is the name of the young lady who plays the sister and smart guy who was in the uh, Hertep uh, wedding wedding reception. Yeah, she was the one that was getting married. Um, uh, so Essen Atkins is in it um, as a cameo. Vanessa Bell Calloway, Jermaine Fowler, don't know who he is. Um, Marla Gibbs, okay, that's Mary from 227. David Allen Greer from, uh, you know, Jack Kay, Issa Rae, Shirley Ralph, Hal Williams, and Larry Wilmore. I know Larry. Larry Wilmore um, is a comedian and writer also he's a black man he's very light-skinned and he if you guys remember he was on the office on the episode this is like first season second season of the office where they had to give sensitivity training because michael told a chris rock joke at work jesus or actually it wasn't sensitivity it was like diversity training or something like that and um it's probably one of my favorite episodes because larry wilmore is so funny um Episode 4 has Patti LaBelle, uh, Phil Lamar again, Tia Maori, Issa Rae, Natasha Rothwell, and Tyler James Williams um, as, you know, cameos. Um, episode, what? What is this? Episode 6? Yeah. Episode 6 has uh, Candy Alexander. 
uh, Dion Cole, David Allen Greer again, uh, Yvonne Orgy again, Issa Rae, and Amber Riley. Amber Riley, um, <laughs> Amber Riley and her husband, that, that those two characters, they disastrous. Okay, I mean, a hundred percent disastrous. I mean, just what is the actual deal with them? Um, they they like swing and they went to the church to look for uh, a third. I, listen, it's just too it's too much. It's too much. So yeah. Um, the church ones are funny because Robin Thede is like a, an aspiring comedian and this is the only way she can get an open mic. So she tries to take over the, the prayer services with her with her um, open mic shit. You know what I'm saying? And then <laughs> she lost me when she hit when she hit the congregation. Well, you ever had a nigga put you in the friend zone? And, whoa. <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> We're not going to talk about this here at church. Uh, but nah. So yeah, it's 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 the best. Wait, it looks like oh sorry guys, that was for season. Um, I mean that was for episode five. Sorry, I didn't get to the actual last one. We have for episode six. The guest stars are Yvette Nicole Brown, who was like I told you guys, uh, Lil Rel, um, Howard, he's in it. I forgot about his ass. Uh, Phil Lamar is in it again. Um, Marseille Martin told you guys she was in it. Issa Rae, Amber Riley for her second cameo. Natasha Rothwell, R.J. Smith, and Brisha Webb. I don't know who Brisha Webb is. Let's see if I can get a picture. No. No, I can't. So there's that. So anyway, um, but yeah. But yeah, guys, I think that if you enjoy comedy and you enjoy different, like, smart, clever, you know, um, crazy shit, then you definitely need to check this out. This is a, a fantastic show. It's a fantastic show, and it, it it's over. Six episodes, and they were done. So hopefully, when it comes back, because they were renewed for season two, hopefully they'll come back with eight episodes. That'd be great. Um, and then, you know, let's, you know, hopefully it's a long-lasting show. I, I, I love the fact that in episode, or excuse me, season one, they had so many cameos, so many people that we respect in the community and the culture that came and supported this. So, you know, shout-out to shout out to them you know um and we just gonna keep it going and and that's pretty much all i have to say about that if you guys had any other favorite um sketches or anything like that y'all can reach out to me on uh, ig or um twitter um mills the virgo on twitter uh, mills speaks on ig um mills the virgo on ig too but i'm private so you know just hit mill speaks um, if you're on Facebook, you can peep me on J Mills Productions, or you can just type in Mills Speaks, and it'll bring it up for you, and then you'll be able to follow along with whatever's going on, if I'm posting whatever's going on. Um, you guys know the deal. Um, I want you to to rate, and like, and comment, and do all of the things that, you know, are going to be helpful for me um, going ahead in life. Um, podcast is in lots of different arenas right now um uh, we've got iHeartRadio. i've got uh, i've got uh, audio junkie uh blueberry uh cast itunes tune in which is an amazon thing spotify google podcast and google play uh mill speaks podcast on uh podbean which is where i actually upload my stuff 
um, and it's a huge source for lots of podcasts, um, Stitcher and Spreaker. My stuff's available. I don't know about Spreaker. I know Spreaker keeps sending me emails like, oh, you've reached your limit, and I'm just like, listen, I'm not paying y'all, so just go ahead and delete whatever, and that just is what it is. Uh, but I do need to find out how I can just shut Spreaker down so that I can just, you know, live my life. Um, but yeah, no, um, if you guys are listening to podcasts on other things and um, Mill Speaks is not there, just let me know. Um, you guys also want to check out, I just recently uploaded um, two other episodes. The first one was um, a How to Get Away with Murder recap, which I'm going to be doing with my good friend Rachel. Um, so that was, first episode was uploaded um I want to say shit, Friday, maybe, um, and then I did a regular episode of the regular podcast of current events, and then now this one today that I'll be uploading, um, so I'm trying to keep as much content flowing your way as I can, even if it's not on a weekly basis like it usually, like it usually had been, um, you know, sometimes you just get into a place in life where you just, you know, don't want to do much, you know, but I... I enjoy this so much, so I know that I have to just keep pushing and and just keep doing it. And um, especially when I get shit like this, you know, things like you know being able to review certain things, you know, that's really dope. I enjoyed. Um, I was gonna add in raising Dion to this one, but I'm not gonna add it in. I'm just gonna briefly talk about how dope it is. Raising Dion is a fantastic show on Netflix. It just premiered this weekend, if I'm not mistaken, October 4th or 5th. It was up, it was um, made available. Um, it's about a little boy. He's eight years old, little black boy, eight years old. Mom and dad. Dad's Michael B. Jordan. Um, mom's uh, Alicia Keys lookalike. Um, she, uh, mom, or dad's dead, so, so we believe. And um, Dion has powers. He's got powers. And listen. I, I got a text from Rachel just, you know, as I was recording this earlier, and she was reacting to some stuff she saw on there, and it's just like, yeah, this shit blows your mind. Um, the special effects are great. I love the fact that we didn't have to wait three, four, five, six, seven episodes in before we got to see him use his powers and such. I love that he's got powers and he doesn't quite know how to control them yet. He doesn't quite know what to do with them yet. It's fantastic. Um, and... It's just a good, it's just a good feel-good show. Um, he's such a kid, and I think I, I put on, um, I think I might have mentioned this on another um, episode or or on a post because I posted earlier. Um, I posted earlier uh, on my Instagram what kids are not responsible for. So I'll just read this to you. Kids are not responsible for caring for siblings, being emotional support for uh, adults, finding money to pay bills, creating rules, structures, and order because the adults can't or won't, taking care of their parents emotionally, managing fights between parents, protecting themselves from adults, and figuring things out on their own. Now, I don't know about that last one because kids do need to kind of figure some shit out. But I get what they're saying. Um, But I put that up and then I also put as the caption as I watched Raising Dion on Netflix I found myself wanting him to grow up or be smarter but he's only 8 years old and I had to check myself 
and say, no, he's just a kid. He's acting accordingly. This is the correct way for him to be. He is not wrong in anything that he's doing. And I had to check myself. I was like, this kid, he's a fucking kid. Of course he's not going to be paying attention. Of course he doesn't understand people not liking him for the color of his skin. Of course he doesn't understand why people think he's a bad guy or a bad kid. Of course he doesn't understand these things because he's a child. He's a child and he really shouldn't have to. But that's not the world we live in, you know? And so I just love that he's a child and he's young and he's, you know, he's just doing his thing. And there are points, there are places where he has to kind of grow up and be smarter. And he does that when it's needed. Um, But overall, as a 36-year-old, I'm constantly wanting him to be smarter. And it's just not feasible because he's eight. It's not feasible. So I I love Raising Dion. You guys have to watch it and, and, and let me know what you think about it. I'll probably have a, a more elaborate like uh, review of it on next week's or this week's podcast. Um, just to touch on it one more time. But no, it's a fantastic show as well. Um, nine episodes with Netflix, so not bad. Um, and they're an hour long. Um, the hour never seems long enough, though. So, y'all just enjoy that. Let me know what you think about that, motherfucker. All right? And with that, I'm out of here. Holla.